Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs. With companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. It's National Fudge Day. And take back the lunch break day. Any guesses what I'm having for lunch today after the show, Chad? Yeah, good guess. You are listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. This is your co-host, Joel Packer Cheeseman. And this is Chad. Nobody wants an AI Ringo. So wash. And on this week's show, Sherm Stuff, an OnlyFans Smackdown, and Buy or Sell. Let's do this. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman. I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text uh-huh. kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text Kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey, kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that, that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, Okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Nachos. (laughs) Motherfucking... Cardboard Chad. Motherfucking cardboard Chad. <laughs> you you had a week. <laughs> Dude, I I walk into the expo hall. Huh. So if you're not a regular listener, I was at Sherm, the Sherm National Show this week. I walk into the expo hall. No shit. Cardboard Chad 
is facing everyone that's coming into that particular door of the expo hall because Aaron's booth was right in the corner and mm-hmm. they moved cardboard chat to basically greet everyone that was coming through the door. I love it. It was quite a sight. It was quite a sight. I had a roll up with Chad and Cheese, HR's uh-huh. Most Dangerous Podcast. I had me in my in my robe and slippers. Yeah, no, it was, uh, yep. it was pretty and legit. And Chad heads were all around as well, which uh, <laughs> is not that. good for anybody. Chad, cardboard Chad made friends with Cardboard Dolly Parton, which was probably one of the highlights for me of the show. That that's a romance that uh, is is budding and worth worth uh, keeping an eye on. Chad Islands in the Stream takes on a whole different meaning oh, when yeah, it's cardboard it Chad involved. Yes, it does. Yeah, Jesus. so yes, yeah. so yeah. I've been in Vegas for a week. Uh, I need a nap more than usual. Um, I was there with my wife and some of the in laws, uh, having a good time, and then transitioned over to the Sherm show. Drank every day for sure of that trip. Yeah, and it's uh, it's not good. Uh, congratulations <laughs> to uh, uh, hockey's Las Vegas Golden Knights, who won uh, the title while I was there. Um, had uh, had some drinks with the Plum Team, which oh, nice. includes a Canadian founder. So it was always fun to rub in the fact that another <laughs> another year goes by without a Canadian team. <laughs> Winning the NHL, which, by the way, we researched the last Canadian team to win it. 1993's Montreal Canadiens were the last Canadian team to win the cup. Of course, they're very quick to let you know that everyone that plays on every team is Canadian. So it doesn't matter. The Canadians win every year. Every year. Every year. (laughs) Shout out. It's time. While you were in Vegas, I was Mm -hmm. on a a mission to spread diplomacy. That's right. You don't need shots for that. I was spreading diplomacy. We actually uh, met two French couples at an Italian restaurant, and we were just having a good time. They didn't speak English. We didn't speak French. They bought us two bottles of wine. We sat there like for three hours, I swear, just bullshitting and, and Google translating. They invited us to their Airbnb last weekend while you were in Vegas. Uh-huh. We arrived to five hours of food and drink, only communicating through Google Translate. We uh-huh. had a fucking blast. It is is literally one of those days you're going to remember for the rest of our lives. So anyway, shout out to French people and technology. And when Julie and I go back to Normandy, uh-huh. we've got a place to stay. You know, a lot of porn starts with French people in Italian restaurants, by the way. That's that's where my mind went on this. It, it oh, also God. reminds me of European vacation when the Griswolds uh. go to a French restaurant and he's like, I'll give you dishwater. You won't know the difference. And he, he hits... <laughs> Talks about Clark's daughter. Anyway, at least there's Google Translate. Uh, they weren't Parisian. Okay, we we'll just say that. Yes. <laughs> um, shout out a little bit more Sherm stuff. Okay, let's yes, a little business please. stuff. Bring it back. The, uh, the 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 Expo Hall was was interesting. It was full. It was it was busy. I think they had of a course, yeah. uh, a larger number of people that went this year than last year. It was a little more telling about who wasn't there in the vendor space. Uh, Eightfold, who we who we love making fun of for their 80 by 80 booths, had no booth whatsoever. Deal, Oyster, Velocity Global, Global, a lot of the unicorns we talk about weren't there. Indeed, High Bob, Fountain, Paradox, Remote were there, uh, wow. but very subtle, very subtle booths. Mostly did not have the A-team in the booth, uh, like like obviously not the A-team in the booth. Um, I indeed had one of the banners that hung from the the ceiling, the rafters, you know. Yeah, it looked like yeah. somebody printed it out from the uh, HP printer in the office, like they didn't. Dot matrix. Yeah, the dot matrix with the holes on the side <laughs> that you got to rip off. Yeah, that's what that's what that looked like. But uh, that was my takeaway 
from the vendor side was was in the Aaron booth from a another Chad and Cheese perspective. Another 150 T-shirts with our faces on it were given out during this uh, during this conference, and I'm just wow. amazed. You didn't even save one for Stephen McGrath. Oh my God. I did not. That's another shout out that's coming up. So don't, don't, don't ruin okay. it. Uh, okay, but yes, okay. I got, I got one for my dad who it's pretty much all he wears is Chad cheese t-shirts, which I can't <laughs> hate on. I got him a new one so he can rotate it in the laundry, but it was, it was a good show. I mean, um, I would say equal parts optimism, equal parts like nuclear winter is coming. I'm not sure what to make of that, uh, but we'll we'll be talking about that, obviously, as the weeks and months go by throughout the rest of the year. Well, what's going to save us, Joel, or my next shout out, large language models. That's right. All vendors are looking at different ways to leverage generative AI and Adzuna is choosing to use this most powerful tech for job seekers. In an interview prep tool. So this is from the press release. Based over 10 years of labor, labor market data, Prepper is built on a large language model using inbuilt prompts to generate and review interview questions and model answers. The tool also assesses and scores candidates' answers, reviewing each response with the skills and requirements being sought by the employer and provided bespoke feedback, not customized, but bespoke feedback to help candidates improve. So you just add the job title into this and the job description, then you can choose easy, hard, or pirate. I love Mm -hmm. that. Very Talru, very pirate. (laughs) Uh, As an interviewer, preference and away you go. So using large language models, AI to help job seekers, shout out to LLM and mm-hmm. for Adzuna focusing on the job seeker and, and little, little rumor news. Uh-oh. I heard a little listener told me. <laughs> Why are you looking you around? See, you, you only see that on the, on the yeah, YouTube listeners version. won't see what you're doing. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, I, I heard from a, a little listener that uh, Indeed is backing away from their mandatory salaries on their job. So this is just a that rumor. escalated quickly. We're going to take a look at it. That's exactly right. We're going to continue to watch this space, but Indeed might possibly be backing away from their salary mandates. Keep a watch. Wow. So the name Prepper, sometimes these like countries, like words mean different things. I mean, yeah. when I saw Prepper, I was like, is this some doomsday product that they're creating that, you know, preppers are like doomsday preparers. Yeah. And I hope I prayed it. I pray that some country creates a competitor called Fluffer. Please, God, please let someone not know and make Fluffer the first. <laughs> it's the OnlyFans version. The competing product. Yeah, yeah. And, and speaking of Fluffer, my next shout out, uh, I got a, I got a few super fans uh, that I need to I need to to to, sh- to shine a light on. Fluffer. Stephen McGrath. I don't know how many shows in a row that he's been in, but our favorite Scott um, finally got his T-shirt. My God. Yes, there is. There is a God. Finally, the, the mail service, the post got it to him. Well, both you and I woke up this morning to a picture of Steven in his T-shirt and nothing but the T-shirt with a big censored bar over his uh, his twig and berries. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can actually yeah. see the, the picture. Yeah, yeah. Something Adam Gord wouldn't even think about doing. Mm-hmm. Steven, like it's it's just Tuesday at the at the McGrath house. So shout out to him and a couple other super fans. 
that came by during uh, my time at Sherm. Uh, Rachel Scudder, she's uh, she's with Job Case. She's a Hoosier. Oh, went to uh, Indiana State, a school you know well because your uh, daughter Terre Haute is there. Yeah, Terre Haute, Indiana. Uh, she came by and was excited to see that we were there. At least I was there. And also Ilya Brodsky, a super fan. Uh, he is the CEO at Van Hack. I love that name. And if you don't know what Van Hack is, it makes I love sense that name. when you yes. realize he's from Vancouver and he helps people in Vancouver hire tech people. I think they've moved on from just Vancouver. So he's trying to figure out the branding. I told him like, dude, just, just get a VW van as a mascot and then put, you know, put a techie on the side of whatever. He's Van like, Wilder, Van Hack. I yeah. love it. I don't know if, it, but anyway, so those two guys, yeah, big fans of the show. Stephen McGrath, keep doing you, man. I can't wait to see you in <laughs> London, uh, which I guess will bring us into travel here in a second. But can't wait to see you, man. Don't corrupt my son too much, please. Good luck on that yeah. one. I've got an update on the uh, messy shout out from last last week with right. uh, Inter Miami. Yep. So $29 tickets now cost $450 plus. I mean, come the fuck on, people. It's almost like we don't know how capitalism works. A family of four is over $100 at $29 per ticket, right? Do you think a family of four can af- can afford close to $2,000, including all those fucking fees and shit? Not enough families to fill the damn stadiums, buy beer, hot dogs, and nachos, your favorite. What the actual fuck were these idiots thinking? Raising skybox rates might have been good, but fill the fucking stadium. Sell merch, s- sell concessions, then ratchet it up from there. I mean, this this reminds me of Job Adder's dumbass CEO takeover uh, <laughs> of, of Job Adder in, in the boost, right? I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's on the team at Inter Miami. I don't know. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> to charge more for MLS, I don't care who's on the pitch than football tickets in America is just no. just stupid. You just no. can't do it. You, you can't stop do it. it. You can't. You do stop it. it. Oh, oh man! <laughs> really? Oh! Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. You know it. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Feel it down to my plums. Yeah, that's right, Chad. It's birthdays, and it's uh, rum with plum. Which also we should mention, if you haven't given us your uh, contact information for free shit, we got beer from our friends at Aspen Tech Labs, bourbon from our friends at Text Kernel, and. Rum with Plum if it's your birthday month. And celebrating another trip around the sun this week is Eli Karstens, Kimberly Alstrup, TJ Alou, Robin Walsh, Zach Martin, Catherine Henry, Eric Baker, Linda Whitemore, Jennifer McClure, and Danielle North. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, fans. We also have to let our, our listeners know that we have a new free giveaway. It's for getaways. And it's from our friends over at Abode HR. You go and register at free. And once a month, we're going to give away, with Abode, we're going to give away $250 worth. It's a little little card, little credit card uh-huh. of Airbnb. This gives you, TA and, and, and HR professionals, an opportunity to get the fuck away to breathe and to focus on strategy and get out of the goddamn tactical weeds. That's from Chad and Cheese and your friends over at Abode HR. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> Events. And where are we going, Chad? We're going to the UK. We're going to Wreckfest, July 6th at Nebworth Park. Mm, mm, mm. But 
By the time you hear this episode, kids, I'm pretty confident that Wreckfest is going to have already hit their threshold of 5,500 people that are allowed to come in. So uh, if you haven't gotten your ticket, you're shit out of luck, kids. That's just sad. But what should make you happy is Wreckfest Nashville. Be there to say that you and your team, because this is an all hands thing. This is a mm-hmm. bonding moment. That you were the very fucking first Wreckfest USA fans, what have you. Seriously, you know it's a thing. In five years, Wreckfest, you're going to be the the OG. They'll have OG badges, <laughs> that kind of shit. Uh, you're going to get – you see people with the OG badges. You give them that subtle nod while you get a little bit more champagne in your mo- your mimosa. Cheeseman, you know exactly what I'm talking about, uh-huh. you, you, you bougie bastard. That is exactly what Wreckfest is about. Fun getting together all hands, learning, and since you couldn't make it to the UK because they're sold out, you got to come to the US. Electric Bull, Chad. I want the Electric Bull in Tennessee, baby. Topics. All right. AI. Yeah. Startup Synthesia has raised $90 million in a Series C round, bringing its total to $156 million. Synthesia's platform allows companies to create instructional videos using AI avatars without the need for actors or studios. The company will generate over 12 million videos and works with over 50,000 companies worldwide this year alone. NVIDIA, the company powering its revolution, powering this revolution, excuse me, is now a trillion dollar juggernaut. McKinsey says the AI boom will usher in an age of accelerated productivity to the tune of around $4 trillion annually. But it will come with profound disruption for many, primarily knowledge workers. At least they can use the time off to listen to some new Beatles songs, as Paul McCartney confirmed this week that they're making a new single utilizing John Lennon's AI-generated voice. Chad, lots to unpack here. The AI front is hot. As usual, what's your take? My take is you're very tired because you didn't use the unicorn sound effect. Pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rain. NVIDIA is the most important company in the world when it comes to AI development and, and ML right now. Why, you might ask? Uh, NVIDIA's GPUs are the processors used for AI and deep learning. They don't have the market cornered, but they've pretty much have the market cornered. So if you're an AI company and and NVIDIA comes knocking, whether you need the money or not, you open the goddamn door, you have the conversation. So apparently there are over 12 million videos with Synthesia. This is that's a horrible name. Synthesia has over 12 million videos that have been generated on the platform since 2017 in 50,000 companies worldwide. That's not too shabby if we better understand what their MRR, ARR, their, their, their pricing model is. Here's a big thing. Competitors, Hour One, who's been on the show. Veritone, sponsor and on the show many times. This space is heating up. It is fucking hot. And this is nothing but market validation for the companies that we've already been talking to, our one Veritone, who are looking at voice. I mean, not just audio, but also video, video. and avatar all the way through, man. It is fucking crazy. T- tell me what you think about that. For sure. And, and again, I've got Sherm on the brain. Yes, I need yeah. a nap. You're right about that. Uh, slightly brain dead <laughs> uh, for this week's show. Sorry about that, everybody. I'll but, put the unicorn in. Don't but worry. Look, it's, it's clear like companies are trying to figure out how we get on this AI train. There's a lot mm-hmm. of sort of like paste in 
uh, messaging because when people when people buy the booths for Sherm, it's usually like a, a year before and they try to figure everything out. You could see like there was a little bit of plastering of like, yeah, chat GPT and coming soon, this and that and the other. So everyone's trying to figure out what to do on this on this front. Um, but you have companies that I that were there and I talked to uh, that are that are on this train right now. Virgil HR, uh, who I spoke with, and I think we'll get that interview up at some point. Um, mm-hmm. They're using AI to basically replace lawyers for uh, a firm, so or for a company. So an employee can like type in, uh, "I want to I want to lay off people in California. What are the laws? What's the process?" And it can like spit it out for you that you don't need the lawyers that you used to have before. Beamery, you mentioned Adzuna. Beamery this week announced, uh, I guess, what they're calling an AI driven workforce planning solution. So everyone's trying to release news, trying to get this stuff product together. What we've talked about before is that you have these. I don't know, uh, baby gorillas soon to become 800 pound gorillas. Uh, the veritones of the world, they're going to have just a howitzer that'll tie in HR products and services because they have the video technology, the scripting, the language processing, the translations into multiple languages. Like they're going to be at the forefront. And a lot of these other companies are just not going to be able to play ball or compete with it. So it's going to be crazy to talk about. Uh, the McKinsey report uh, that came out this week, if you get a chance, type in uh, Google McKinsey digital report. It's mm-hmm. a long thing, but it's really interesting. Uh, yeah, it's it. This is the next year or two that we're going to be talking about AI solutions, startups, money is going to be going into this stuff. Uh, yeah. It'll be really exciting and disruptive. NVIDIA uh, CEO actually said Moore's Law, instead of being, you know, one and a half times, it's two times mm-hmm. right now. It is moving that much faster. Uh, going to the, the Beatles discussion and and a new album, right? Yep. So I had a discussion with Julie this morning because I don't know how I feel about this. I love music. I love the classics. I love it from living people. I don't know if I love the, 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 the new generated, not real stuff. So um, I asked Julie, I was like, you know, what do you think? She said, I think it cheapens the experience. Uh, I then asked her if you thought it was okay to speak with your grandma, because that's another thing, right? You can actually condense that information. She had, she had a visceral reaction to that. She said, yeah, no, I would definitely love to to speak with grandma. Um, Then, then I said, but, but for some people, music and bands are like a personal and real relationship. And then she, she thought that went through a little bit harder and said, okay, well maybe, maybe no. Right. Maybe no, because it cheapens the experience. It all led to this question. What is life worth? If you live 27 years, like Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, Amy Winehouse, Kurt Cobain, and a list of others, does it cheapen the experience after you saw Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin at Woodstock and you're one and you're a boomer? Would it cheapen the experience if a new AI version of the album came out and who would buy it? I guess we're going to find out. Um, and this is also going to open a, uh, a can of worms around should Harry Carey AI be used for Cubs games? Should AI be used to recreate, obviously, all these musical works uh, and or, you know, discussions with grandma? Because these are all discussions and products that are already out there. Mm-hmm. What is life worth? That escalated quickly. You, you went there, didn't you? So I yeah. initially like this trend. Mostly because there's a new Oasis album, and Oasis wasn't going to make a new album <laughs> ever, and it was it was it was pretty good. Like voice, yeah, yeah. single was written, and that like real people played instruments. Yeah. And then and then yes, this this came out, and I was like, do I really want to hear 
a Beatles record uh, with John Lennon's AI voice. Now it's endorsed by Paul, which helps it because if you go to YouTube, search AI cover and there's everything under the sun, uh, right? There's Freddie Mercury singing Hotel California. And there's just, people are just being crazy. I think that totally is stupid. That's novel. People will get over that uh, like they did MySpace and some other things. Unless people buy it. Like the problem is, yes, like these songs don't exist in a vacuum. These artists don't exist in a vacuum. You can't you couldn't release Revolution today and have it have the same meaning as it did in the 60s. You can't have Blitzkrieg Bop released today and have it have, have the same gravitas that it did in the 70s. Smells Like Teen Spirit today does not have the same hit that it does in the early 90s. So for me, maybe it's old school. I don't like the idea of of artists that have these bookmarks in history, these bookmarks in our lives, these bookmarks in time, whether it's Vietnam or whatever um, in history. Like, I don't like the idea of that. Uh, Maybe it's an old guy, crusty thing. But yeah, I'm going to sell the whole dead rockers creating new stuff trend. Yeah. Again, what is life worth? Damn, you went there. That was... That escalated quickly. That was really fucking deep. We got to move on from some of that shit. <laughs> Clearance rack. Come Let's on. talk about sales. All right. Can I interest you in some sleep-inducing acquisitions, chat? <laughs> Israeli startup Comeet, a provider of applicant tracking and candidate management platform, is merging with video interview platform SparkHire. The merger is estimated to be a $50 million deal. The merged company will have a combined customer base of over 7,000 companies. But wait, Chad, there's more. There's more from the TJ Maxx. WebMD is set to acquire Limeade. The transaction values Limeade at $75 million and is expected to close in the third quarter. Limeade provides software to help companies enhance employee well-being and satisfaction. All right, Chad, throw back a five-hour energy and give us your take. Dude, an applicant tracking system just bought or was was just sold to a video interviewing platform. That's about as backwards as it fucking gets, right? Comeet was founded in 2013, received about $7.2 million in funding. SparkHire, founded back in 2010, it seems like they've taken a uh, little funding, uh, under 70 employees. So it almost seems kind of like a lifestyle company to some some extent. SparkHire is, isn't a big name in, in the space, right? It, and, and again, that might be on purpose. Uh, buying this many people and new tech, they're going to have to go after funding. Is this a great time to go after funding? It, it's not. It's not. So, you know, I see this, I see this as SparkHire's very safe and reliable Volvo. Uh, they just hitched it up to a freight train and now the, the Volvo has to pull the Comey freight train. It, it's going to be, it's going to be incredibly, incredibly hard for them. I, I wish them luck. Um, but what they were doing, I think it's, it's going to be really hard for them to expand beyond and into applicant tracking. So we had a show, uh, I think, maybe a year or so ago, and we talked about what what do SMBs do when they need an ATS? Well, a lot of them just use the Indeed built-in ATS, or they'll use the ZipRecruiter or uh, whatever. And what does that do to that, that tier two or tier three ATS? Kind of puts them out of business, frankly. Um, there's a lot of tier two, tier three ATSs. Comeet is one of them that simply can't can't compete with the ISIMs, the smart recruiters, the big guys that are out there doing it. On the other side of that, 
there's a whole lot of SaaS companies that think they are a platform, or at least they want to be a platform. And to be a platform in our business, you better have an ATS. So you're going to see a lot of these SaaS companies go shopping for these lower tier ATSs because, frankly, it's just a bad business. ATS, the ATS is a commodity. And these ATSs that are down this down at that level, they don't have marketplaces. And if they do have marketplaces, companies aren't building for it because they don't have enough penetration to make it worth their while. So you have an ATS that all is an, is an ATS. There's no marketplace. Companies are leaving them to go to ATSs that do have marketplaces that they can use. It's just inevitable that these are going to get bought up, go out of business, and you're going to see more of these SaaS companies with a little bit of money, a little bit of cheddar in the bank from investment, go buy ATSs and say, now we're a platform. Will the market buy it? I don't think so, but it is a move that I, I at least understand. Yeah. Now, going to the WebMD deal. Oh, geez. Yeah. So Limeade, I think the, the biggest issue, and we see this throughout our, our entire industry, uh, is we don't know, we don't understand how to create a narrative that's going to sell more. There are some amazing CEOs that have gone through our industry who can raise money and can sell shit. And they do one thing incredibly well, narrative. Being able to to hone in on what is truly important and create a narrative. Limeade couldn't do that. Went into their their press release, went into some of their blogs, went into their their, their website. They can't they couldn't get narrative right. I mean, they could have been a two, they, they could have easily been a five to six X as opposed to a little over a two X, right? Uh, they had a couple of points that they should have definitely hit. I saw that that were easy to hit, but they didn't even touch. Number one, low worker productivity, which equals lost revenue. And that's all been in the news lately. High attrition rates, lost revenue. That's the key. We don't focus on the hard lost revenue types of numbers, which the board gives a shit about. We always focus on the fuzzy charts and graphs and that kind of shit. That's the thing. We, we really need to focus on stories like Amazon lost $9 billion in revenue because of attrition. Lost revenue. Two words we have to have in our lexicon. And we have to go further than just talking about three times better productivity. That doesn't mean a fucking thing to the board unless you can put numbers to it, right? And in that productivity, what does that actually do from uh, an attrition standpoint? It's, attrition stretches teams too thin. So you lose productivity while you're trying to fill a record number of positions and the employees that stay are getting burnt the fuck out. Then you hire on board. How long does that take? Because your current team is still running on fumes. And then finally, when you get people in the seats to do the goddamn job, the people that are burnt out fucking leave. You're in this vicious cycle, right? That's where productivity has gone to, to, to the shitter. Uh, and then we need to tie in a, a attrition rate. So again, lost revenue. Our industry needs to focus on those two words. Limeade wasn't even close to it. So again, I, I really think that this organization could have sold for a lot more, a lot more. They just didn't know how to build a narrative. The math did not add up, Chad. 60% of the time, it works every time. So my take's a little bit different on this, uh, and it's pretty simple. I've said it before on the show. This company raised about $33 million. They were founded in 2006. You said it, raising money now, really hard. There's no free money left, right? Time ran out on Limeade, clear and simple. The money ran out. The patience for the investors ran out. They sold this thing probably for a song. Uh, I think that's 
to me, clear cut at what happened in terms of that deal on that side. It was a little over two times, two times at least. You know, they're they're fun. Well, I hope they've I hope they've used that thirty three to make some money in the in the twenty years basically that they've been around. Hopefully that they did have some some monetary uh, value there. the The WebMD thing. I don't know WebMD very well. I know it comes on search results when I want to know about my prostate and what's going on with you know my uh, my 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 weight gain in the holidays or whatever. But two words on that side: elevated careers. Do you remember elevated careers, Chad? They were the e harmony of jobs. Oh, they were fucking horrible. E harmony bought the e harmony of jobs. So WebMD coming in thinking that they can buy some employee, you know, a satisfaction company or employee wellness company. And and now they're going to, they're going to watch WebMD employment or WebMD work and try to make this thing, uh, something, uh, that people want. And I think it's going to end up just like eHarmony and be a total piece of dog shit, hot garbage. <laughs> what the hell are these companies thinking? We'll be right back. Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest, so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to pandologic.com. That's Pandologic.com. All right, Chad. Can I can I uh, interest you in some buy or sell, baby? Always. That's right. Always. We talked about three companies that have recently gotten funding. We read a summary, and Chad and I will review them and either buy or sell. Let's play. Number one, Ferretly, the social media screening company, has raised $1.5 million in a seed funding round, bringing its total to $2 million. Ferretly's platform helps organizations assess candidates' online personas to align them with corporate values, reduce risk, and create a safer workplace. The funding will be used to expand into the pre-employment screening market and other segments. Chad, are you buy or sell on Ferretly? So we've talked about Fama, who just acquired social intelligence in the space for a few years. And, and I believe we both feel that this type of social background checking is inevitable. I mean, it's just, it's going to happen. Uh, the biggest difference between Ferretly and Fama, I think, is, is messaging. Ferretly is going heavily toward pure fear marketing, using words like hate speech, political speech, insults and bullying, self-harm, sexual impropriety, terrorism, extremism, toxic line. I mean, it, it, the list goes on, on, on. Those are triggers that will sell a very risk-averse H HR practitioner. If you scare the shit out of them, they're like, oh, fuck, my people are doing that. We need to put we need to put parameters around this. But I've said it before and I say it again. Old, crusty background check companies will have to build new processes and infrastructure to sale, uh, to scale. 
the the days of someone running to the local courthouse in Walla Walla, Washington, will be a thing of the past as data becomes more public and AI scales background checking. I believe Fama is well ahead of Ferretly, but that doesn't mean Ferretly isn't a good acquisition target for an old, slow, and lumbering background check company. This, for me, my friend, is a buy. Have you even been to Walla Walla, Washington? I have. I have you. Okay. I have. I'm sure it's, <laughs> sure it's a fine place. Another difference between Ferretly and Fama yeah. is money raised. Oh, uh, yes. Fama's raised around $17 million. And then, of course, the $2 million um, here by Ferretly. This is, to me, the Coke and Pepsi of this sector of the industry, right? If you're looking for social media, re- like, Background checking, these are the two companies I don't think we'll see any more. It's becoming a hard business. I mean, is TikTok and video and like like how this stuff is created, that's a tough thing to monitor. It's not just tweets, right? It's not just text. So it's it's a tough business. I don't see anybody getting uh, into it from here. Both are basically features for a bigger background check company. I agree with you. That's a no-brainer. Uh, Ferretly at, at much less raised is going to be a, probably the first one to go out, uh, and that'll set the market for uh, Fama. Money isn't free anymore, like we've said. Uh, this feels a lot like a bridge loan to when <laughs> we finally get to a place where people are buying companies again, because that's it's just not a lot of money. It feels like the investors are like, oh, let's get us to 2025 uh, 2024, and then we'll start talking about acquisition. I don't see them raising more money. Yeah, I think it'll be bought by 2425. Um, the litmus test to me is, uh, in terms of being bought, is does it make a profit for the investors? And I think the modest investment that they've gotten for is going to be returned maybe 10x for a company like this because a background check company needs to have this service. So for me, yeah, this is uh, this is an obvious buy from me as well. Well, let's talk about 2045, the New York City-based network, an exclusive network for influential professionals of color secured $4.2 million in pre-seed funding. Funds will be used to enhance digital tools, programming, and their NYC clubhouse. The company also unveiled a comprehensive in-person and online membership platform with committed corporate sponsors, including Pfizer, Ford, and Fidelity. Chad, are you buy or sell on 2045? I love the apply for community membership element. I mean, it's a velvet rope type of community. Not everybody can get in. I don't like that it's NYC, New York City focused. Uh, we live in a remote environment. Why do we have boundaries? Um, this, I mean, I understand there is a physical element to it, but that doesn't mean the entire thing has to be a physical. Uh, their messaging is pretty tight. You know, diverse leaders are leaving corporate jobs at a staggering rate. That's a great hook because those who have left and or are thinking about leaving, they're not giving up. They're just taking a breath. And what a better place than among other like-minded leaders. 4.2 in pre-seed funding is uh, for a professional network. That's pretty stout, right? 2045 is looking at two membership options. Number one, individual pay. And number two, company pay. 
Number one is a non-starter. This should be a free platform subsidized by companies in a variety of ways. Uh, now, if they want to charge for live events and or use of their clubhouse, that's understandable. But membership fees are non, a non-starter. I love the core concept, but they have some business model issues that need to be shored up. They have self-imposed uh, geographic limitations and I think some soul searching to do. So even though I love the core concept, 2445 right now is a sell for me. So first of all, I, I tried really hard to find out how the name 2045 was was given to this. I have no, I can't find it. I, I assume you didn't find it. So if somebody knows how they got the name 2045, let me know. I believe that is when uh, in the United States, white people aren't going to be the majority anymore. We're going to be more oh. of a mixed society. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's why I have you on the show, Chad, to, to let me know about yeah. this. So, so number one, uh, the, it's NBA all-star CJ McConnell, uh, who is an avid Browns fan from Canton, oh. uh, is an investor. And I just had to get the Browns on the show somehow. So that's how <laughs> I'm going to do that. Um, look, by, by almost all metrics in America, blacks are behind. Um, I'm all for anything that lifts people and sets an example of success. This company portrays uh, blacks as successful uh, just in a positive light. And that's good for everybody. We've seen organizations like this pop up, whether it's blacks, women, uh, Hispanics, etc. And they've all had little to no success that I can see. I mean, Fairy Godboss was acquired. I guess that may be a win. 2045 being a winner is a winner for all of us. They do have digital um, digital membership, so you don't have to be in New York. My guess is if it, if it works, they'll launch it in Philly and Chicago and L.A. and yeah. it'll, it'll come to other yeah. other markets. And yeah, I think we should all be rooting for this organization uh, to be a big success. So for me, um, I love what they're doing. It's a good first seed round. A lot of good corporate sponsors. So all right, all right, all right. I'm gonna buy 2045. You no, know, 2045 leadership. Feel free to to reach out if you like some at least some some advising uh, from me. I'd be more than happy to have a, a conversation. No invoice necessary because I'd love to see what you're doing work. I, I just see a lot of gaps and and would be more than happy to help. And if CJ McConnell ever wants to come on the show, <laughs> we will make room for you, my friend. We will make room. All right, let's go to Swing Education. San Francisco-based startup Swing Education has raised $38 million in a Series C funding round, bringing its total to $60.8 million. The company operates an online platform that connects schools with substitute teachers, addressing the issue of teacher shortage. Let's go back to school, Chad. I'm going to review this one first just for the hell of it because, yeah, I need an app and we need to we need to quick this thing up. All right. Historically, tapping into solving government pain is a big winner. Uh, getting government money is a winner because it's a consistent form of cash that you can rely on. Right now, over three-fourths of states in America are facing teacher shortages until we start paying teachers like the rock stars that they are, we're going to continue having teacher shortages. A company out there that can help plug in teachers, even on a substitute basis, I think is a slam dunk because there's such a need for it. I think their educational programs where they can take substitute teachers and make them into full-time teachers with upskilling, I think is a big 
uh, win as well. When you have a need like this, when you have government money that's going to go towards it and a consistent uh, customer that's not going to go anywhere, this is, to me, another buy, which is my hat trick and my hat tip to the Las Vegas Golden Knights, my hat trick on buy or sell. Somebody's in a good <laughs> mood. Uh, so yes, we have a teacher shortage. There's no question. And there's another a number of reasons for it. And swing education is a Band-Aid on a sucking chest wound. But, but because the problem is so goddamn big, we need, even if they're Band-Aids, we need something to help. And I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all that a, a platform that can help uh, really connect a lot of these uh, these substitute teachers into sp- into spots and give them an opportunity to see what's open and where they can go uh, very quickly just makes sense. So, I mean, this is really like a marketplace. I love marketplaces. Again, this is not going to fix the problem, but I tell you what it's going to do. It's going to make money. It's a buy for me. All right, all right, all right. Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? There's a better way. Acquire ROI is a programmatic job advertising platform built to optimize your budget and supercharge hiring. Acquire ROI automatically manages and measures recruitment ads across job boards so you can allocate your budget based on insights, not hunches. Get to quality candidates faster and cost-effectively scale hiring across roles, all while gaining complete visibility and control over your recruitment marketing investments. Say goodbye to manual guesswork, inconsistent performance, and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today. Can I interest you in a OnlyFans story, Chad? What are you doing, stepbro? <laughs> All right. OnlyFans creator L. Brooke was quizzed by conservative Pierce Morgan about how her future children will react to her career. It is being celebrated as the perfect response, but I'm going to let our listeners decide for themselves. I'm just curious about you being someone who embarked on a a law career, Mm. was obviously very bright, went to university, packed it in just for money to be effectively an online stripper. I mean, that's what you do, right? Yeah. Way worse than an online stripper. But, um, what do you mean way worse? Way worse. Online strippers just, you know, naked. I do things that are way more grotesque well, than Just that. pornography. Pornography, anything. But it's all within what I want to do. And I absolutely love it. And I'm really good at it. You know, I could be a good lawyer, yes. But also, am I good at doing other things on video and camera? How would yes. you feel when you want to have kids yourself? Well, I mean, that's... I, I don't really want kids right now. But, but you will. How old are you? 25. Right, so you will do at some stage, probably, right? Maybe. When you do, are you going to be proud that you have your little ones and they look at you and go, didn't you want to be a lawyer, mummy? What happened? Yeah. And you go, here, but look at all my stuff. They can cry in a Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chad, drop the mic moment for the OnlyFans movement or not so much. Yeah, I mean, there's no shame in, in Ellie Brooks' game, for God's sake. Sex is about control. And Piers Morgan is... I. I don't know if this is really how he thinks, but he's definitely demonstrating the the old power structure. And sex is about control. Throughout history, sex has become taboo because there's one area that men don't own control. 
And that's a woman's body, unless they use things like shame to harness that control, which we've done amazingly well through religion and, and many other structures of, of things that, you know, we, we can't even prove exists. But Ellie is doing what she wants, how she wants, where she wants, and most importantly, with whom she wants. Good for her. Good for her. That's, you know, she's going to make more money doing this than being an attorney. Yep. So Pierce Morgan is an old white dude for the, our <laughs> listeners that don't know. I'm an old white dude. Chad has called us old white dudes before. Attitudes about naked women from yesterday are much different than they are today. Uh, sex has become normalized online and women are profiting from it handsomely. And it's not just dildos and, and BJs, by the way. Um, some twin female basketball players from the University of Miami have earned millions of dollars uh, in those, the, the, the NIL deal from a couple years ago. Uh, and they're not strippers and they're not porn stars. They're just really cute. Uh, Playboy used to be the primary outlet for most men to see naked women. Uh, Playboy came out once a month. So the number of women that could be in the limelight for their, their nudity was very exclusive. The, inter the internet has democratized sex appeal and sex. Uh, it is what it is. I'm not sure if it's ultimately a net win for society. I have a 13-year-old daughter. I don't want her to think that being sexualized is the way to make millions of dollars necessarily. I know you have a daughter, so I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, uh, ultimately, I think AI phases out a lot of this trend. The sex robots, uh, the AI videos where you can get you know the AI girl to do whatever you want, however you want to whatever, um, is probably ultimately going to put OnlyFans out of business. And this will be something that we talk about from back in the day, uh, just like the Internet uh, or just like uh, inter the Internet put out, put Playboy out of business. I think AI is ultimately going to put only fans out of business, but only time will tell. Until then, it's fun to talk about. What are you doing, step bro? We, we out. out. Wow. Look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chat and Chase podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast-forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell, enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey, or just watch big booty Latinas and bug fights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these two chuggleheads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt. But save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite western, you can't quit them either. We out. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain -brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.